Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman. Extremely excited to have on Tyler Nelson with Marquee Search today. We're going to dive into uh, the executive search landscape. We've had a couple others on in this space, and I think it's an important topic um, to dive into within this industry in that uh, we'll touch on some personal development and professional development tips, as well as just some of those aspects of, of the hiring process, search process, and and so on that uh, you may not think about or may not know. Um, and as, as you are either trying to get into the industry or you're in the industry trying to move around or, or do something different, um, Tyler's got some great advice and insights for us. So uh, Tyler, welcome to the podcast. Jake, good to hear from you. Uh, first of all, hope you're staying safe and healthy during these crazy times, but uh, I'm excited to, to talk to you here today. And I, I like many, I've, I've admired and appreciated what, what you're doing with your career and, and uh, you know, staying involved with, with podcasts like this too. I, I always enjoy listening. So it's fun to be on the other side of it. Absolutely. I, I know I've gotten a few pieces of feedback from you. So, you know, I, I, as, as a listener and now a, uh, now a guest, um, you know, as, as most of our shows start, kind of how, how did you get into um, the executive search space and marquee search? And, and just tell us a little bit about uh, what you and, and Jeff have going on. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. So I don't want to bore anybody with with my story, but I, I think I always tell people, you know, recruiting, I think I know you and Mark talked about this um, in, in the recent pod. I mean, being a recruiter, you don't, nobody grows up wanting to be a recruiter, right? Or thinking they are going to be one. Um, and like many, I, I kind of, um, I, I stumbled into it of sorts. I went to school as an accounting finance guy. I worked at KPMG, big, big four public accounting firm for three years out of school in Portland, um, got some really good experience. I, I liken that to kind of inside sales, right? Just, you know, getting, mm-hmm. getting experience. You're not, you're not making a ton of money. You're working a lot of hours, but it's, it's essential to kind of the creating building blocks for your career. Um, and I, I got to a point where I'd done that for three years, kind of just had a thought of like, Hey, like, is this, is this what I want to do? when I grow up and, and I, had a family friend that I give credit to that was a recruiter, had a, had a boutique firm, uh, mostly in finance and accounting search, but she was looking for some help to grow her business. And I ultimately came became that person. This is like seven years ago now. Um, so I've worked for, I, I've, I've worked my way up, you know, and, and, and learned from good people, learned how to go about it. I mean, at the end of the day, because we all know it's a real business's relationships and recruiting is no different, whether you're recruiting IT people or sports or sales or medical, you know, there's different nuances clearly. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, and then, so I've been doing about seven years now. I met Jeff Yoakum, whom a lot of people have the, the, um, fortune of, of knowing. And Jeff's been doing this a, a long time and is the founder of, of marquee search, Got to know Jeff. We actually had office space in the same building um, at one point in time in, in Portland. And um, I, I didn't know what marquee search was, you know, admittedly. And I, I, I looked it up. I was resourceful and I, I was like, man, sports. Right. And at that time, I didn't have as much appreciation for the business side of it. And 
I just, you know, tapped into Jeff and built a relationship with him. And there became a point in time where he was looking to grow his business and it had done a really great job of, of doing that and creating a, a brand and, and marquee and, and serving the industry. And um, I, I fortunately became that, that person and I'm grateful for it. I that was, you know, over two years ago now, two and a half years ago. So that's kind of how I got into, into marquee search and, and um, doing what I'm doing now. Well, and no, it's, I mean, look, there's a lot of people that go into uh, nothing against finance or accounting, but they, you know, they go into a space, they get some experience to your point and then they go, okay, what else is out there? Right. Like, right. like could I, could I do this for 30, 40 years? Um, and everyone takes their twists and turns, which you've seen your fair share of uh, being in the seat that you are. But when, when you look at it from the other side of the table, you know, the organization side, the team side, the league side, whoever, whoever you're working for um, or with, what, I mean, like, why would they want to use you guys? What, what is the, for, for those in the industry that don't know why search firms are used, um, what, what are kind of the main one or two reasons as to uh, how you help teams throughout mm-hmm. the process? Yeah, it, it's a good question. And, you know, I, I heard it the other day, right? And going through what we're all going through now in this current climate, um, you know, on the other side of this, right, whatever that is, you know, th- there's going to maybe be a, a, a bigger candidate pool, right? Because unfortunately, people are losing their jobs or getting furloughed. Again, I, I'd like to think that's a short term thing for talented people, they're going to find a home. But I my point was, I've heard, hey, our search firm is going to be needed. Maybe they're not. Well, our argument is, you know, this is not a volume game, right? Like if you're any team, you know, whomever it is, NFL, MLS, NHL, and you're looking for top flight talent, right? Let's just, you know, VP level, C level, um, you know, it's not a volume game, right? You're looking for the right candidate. And just because there's a lot of candidates out there, that doesn't mean they're the right one for your organization that fits your unique culture and so on and so forth. So I think where we come in, right, um, or recruiters in general, they should be storytellers, right, and an extension of that particular organization's brand, right, and what their values are, what their mission is. Everyone has them, right, and they live them. Um, So I think for us, it's about, and let's say I reached out to you, right, about a job, and you might have a perception about what it is, right, or who they are, maybe, you know, people working there, but maybe you don't know much, right? And I think mm-hmm. it's, we, we need to provide people with the right information to aid their decision-making in terms of, okay, hey, we're storytelling, right? We're giving, you know, the ins and outs of the organization. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, that stuff's not all rainbows and unicorns, right? There, there's no perfect job. There's no perfect organization. So I think it's for us and for an organization, they say, hey, we're going we're gonna to enlist Marquee or whomever, you know, to go out and tell our story and, you know, present a diverse candidate pool population that ultimately we've got to make a hard decision. And maybe we got to pick of a couple of people that, again, we, we get to, to choose from. So I think that um, I, I guess on the client side, I'm speaking of, right, it helps you again, if you post a job, right, and you get 100 resumes. OK, sure, that might sound great, but going through all that and maybe you find, you know, two or three that are good. Like what's the time investment on the other 95 or 97 that it's like, man, it was, it was a sunk cost. Mm-hmm. Well, right. And, and, you know, there's, 
look, it's a, it's a, it's an industry where there's a lot of people who, um, quite frankly, will work for free, right? So you talk about all the way from the bottom at an internship to the C level, as you're as you're mentioning. There's, you know, a, a humongous uh, spectrum of candidates and people who could fit in different roles. So as you look at, um, you know, the, the various levels, right, in, in which whether you mentioned inside sales at the beginning of the episode, it's a, it's a popular place in which you could start, get some sales experience. Um, there's a lot of uh, ways in which, you know, organizations need to uh, sell tickets, right? Sell groups, sell minis, you know, et cetera. Um, what are some of the other entry-level opportunities that you would give advice to, to those who are maybe coming out of undergrad or grad school um, trying to kind of find their way through the industry? Yeah, it's a good question. It could be daunting, right? I think about those right now that are trying to find their way in, right? And again, the the current landscape, there's not as many jobs out there, right? And there's a lot of industries suffering, but I think again, long-term, right. I think, you know, get involved, right. I mean, do, do an internship. Don't be, you know, don't be afraid to go move somewhere. I mean, I, I've, I listened to a couple podcasts this morning um, of people that have worked their way up in their career and, and they kind of go through the career arc. Right. And, you know, mm-hmm. they go, you know, they, they realize the jobs are everywhere. Right. And it's like, hey, I'm not going to limit myself. And I think fortunately for us all, right, when we're that age, oftentimes we don't have as many things, you know, tying us down, which it's, you know, it's a great point in life when we all, you know, if you get married and have kids and that that complicates things. But when you're young and getting in the industry, I think you got to be open minded. Right. So if there's the job, I mean, like like you've done. Right. I mean, you've you're a Arizona guy. I mean, you're living in Florida now. Right. So and you were in we talked about it. you were in Indiana prior. Right. And, mm-hmm. and braving the, the harsh winters, you know, and, and you did it because you were an opportunist. So and you're trying to gain experience. So I think, you know, in any any way to get involved, um, some people go the master's route. Right. Just to, to better, you know, get more education and, and and learn more about the industry that way to help them, you know, set it up. The Ohio U family. Right. We've talked about that mm-hmm. again. And that, that's such a powerful um, network for for you all in the industry. So I think that's that's my it's my advice, which is, is, it's generic, but get involved, you know, go, go do an internship, go, um, you know, make connections with people, right. And be thoughtful about it. If you see somebody on LinkedIn, you want to connect with, um, just don't hit connect, right. I mean, send them a message, you know, and introduce mm-hmm. yourself and say, Hey, I'm, I, I'm, if you're in, you know, whomever you are, right. You know, I'm trying to accomplish this and, you know, saw this about you and, would would be grateful for you know 10 or 15 minutes of your time again whomever you are i mean i think that's a good practice to have right so i think it's about you know building we're all we're all building our own personal brand right as as our careers and piloting that i mean you got to be proactive and and not just assume things are going to happen to you because you're you know a great person or whatever which i think good things happen to good people but you also got to sure. grab the bull by the horns a bit right um and go get it Absolutely. I mean, and it doesn't have to be, you know, the, the big four logo. It doesn't have to be this, you know, big, bad organization, um, you know, where, where it sticks out like a thumb on your resume, right? It can be something as simple as, you know, a graduate student getting uh, experience as an intern on a podcast, right? Um, we, I, I've got one of those and, and Sydney's doing great. And she's, you know, part of this San Francisco sports management master's program. And, 
Um, she's getting some valuable experience from a social media and marketing perspective on how do we grow this, right? And, and you know, how do you position the various guests and in, in posts and, you know, get different audiences to share and see it. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, the, the on-field experience or the six-month internship. It can be something simple um, that, you know, ultimately just turns into to a skill set building experience. So let's talk about skill sets and that um, personal development, right? There, there's some skill sets that are really, truly viable. And we've talked a lot about them on the podcast before. But as you are doing some of these searches for, like you mentioned, those C-level, those VP type of jobs, what are some of the ones that you see across the board, no matter what, um, there is no straying from these skill sets that they all have? Yeah, that's, that's a loaded question. Um, you know, but, but there are common threads, I think, right. Um, to, to people that are in, and, and at a VP, you know, C level, you've obviously got a, a fairly large team that you're, um, responsible for, um, it, it, again, at that level. So I think it's, you know, a lot of people can do a job, really well from, you know, looking at it from kind of the hard skill lens, you know, if you're selling partnerships or tickets or you're in marketing or community relations, finance, I think, again, there's a lot of really talented people in this industry. I think where it comes down to right again is, is the, is there kind of a symbiosis between that person and the organization, right? I mean, the West coast to the Midwest, to the East coast, very different kind of paces of life. Right. And I think organizations kind of follow suit with that. They've all got their own identity. So I think when we work on jobs at that level, right, which is often we're typically working director level and above again, there's, there's a lot of really talented people. Um, Now I think where the difference is made is intangibles. Right. And, you know, somebody, are they, are they meant to, are they meant to lead? Are they meant to be in that type of role? And I think some people in their career, right. I mean, not, not everyone's meant to, or do they want to, you know, they might say, Hey, I want to go be a leader and they do it. And they say, well, you know, Hey, yeah, it was a good experience, but I don't, I don't maybe want to deal with some of the headaches that come from leadership. Right. Which again, that there are those and they want to just say, Hey, I want to go and do an individual contributor role. So again, I think it's, it's hard to, I mean, situationally, right. We get mandated from our clients all the time and we ask them, Hey, what are your top must haves? Right. And I think again, the hard skill stuff certainly plays in, you know, you have to have a certain floor of a skill set, but oftentimes the things we are hearing and then echoing um, they're intangibles or soft skills. You know, what, whatever that, right. whatever that might be given the current makeup of their organization. Sure. Well, and, and right. That's a, that's a fluid situation. And most people that are going to be even interviewing for those types of roles are going to all have the same relevant experience from a year's perspective, more or less from a, um, to your point, the hard skills perspective, right. It's the culture and the fit to you pointed or, you know, pointed out earlier, how do you, I mean, look, it's, it's as much as the organization's interviewing you, you also have to, or, you know, interview the organization. What are some of those questions that you tell um, the clients on, you know, the, the, the candidate side to ask from mm-hmm. you know, an organization and culture and fit perspective? Yeah. And I like that question. I think there's with any process, right. There, there's a, there's a pacing to it. Um, and let's just play it out. Right. You may, 
you, if you get wind of a career opportunity, it could be from a friend, a colleague, maybe, maybe it's a recruiter and, and hopefully somebody you've kind of established that they're credible, right? It's not some random person reaching out to you. And you're like, man, I've never heard of this person or this organization. But um, I, I think, A, I like just when people have the mentality, they say, hey, why, why wouldn't, um, you know, why, why wouldn't I listen, you know, or at least hear, hear what somebody has to say. I think, you know, questions, um, everyone's got their own decision-making filter. Let, let's just start with that, right? It's, it's unique based on their motivators, their goals, their aspirations, their life. And I think as, as you pointed to, Jake, it, a lot of it's about asking the right questions, right? However, whatever that filter is, that's going to dictate the questions, right? And again, those priorities, they're different for you. They're different for me. They're different from Jeff. Um, and that, that's going to evolve over the course of somebody's life. And I think that person, whatever point in time that is, they have to line that up with any of these new opportunities that they're investing time into. Right. And I think, you know, we're, we're really de facto career consultants. Right. Or that, we're recruiters. Sure. And that's how we make money. And we go out and find a talent for our clients. But every day we're having conversations with people about their career and, and trying to offer up advice. Maybe some of it's unsolicited at time just because our instinct is to help. But I, that, I think that's what we advise people is we're not, I mean, we're never going to make a decision for somebody, but I think, you know, place value and weight on the right things. Um, and again, that could be a number of things, right? It's, it's location. It's, you know, the people, the people I'm working with, obviously, right. It's culture. It's, you know, title gets into that. It's function, it's growth opportunity. It's, you know, is it league? Is it team? Is it agency? But I think what, what's interesting is sometimes we hear from somebody, you know, three, four, five, six months down the road that they've taken a job, right. A new career opportunity. Mm -hmm. And they say, you know, this, this is not quite what I thought it would be. You know, it's not like they're running for the hills, maybe, right? And they're saying, hey, hey, right. call me about the next thing. But they said, you know, I, I wish I would have asked the right questions during the interview process um, to, to help me kind of better figure out what I was walking into, right? Because let's be honest, it's fun to be recruited. Um, it, it's fun. It, it can be fun to interview for a new job, right? And, and have that level of attention, but it's still a two-way street, right? And just because you get an offer, um, you know, at that point, if somebody's there and they're and they're entertaining one, I'd like to think that, you know, we've talked to them about it or and they've talked to their their professional board of directors and, and people that are close to them. That, that They're really at the point where that's what they want to do. Um, but if you're at that point, right, that doesn't necessarily mean you just take it, you know, or if you're a free agent, right, as people more people are now doesn't mean you just take the first offer that comes to you right it's got to be the right offer mm -hmm. so again i think to to summarize that i think everyone's got their own unique decision making uh filter if you will and in line with that you've got to ask the right questions within these processes to make sure that okay my values and what's important to me and my family align with what this opportunity is presenting and what this organization values and, and their mission statement and all that stuff no, absolutely. That's that's some great insight. And I, I really like the decision making filter um, thought that you had there in, in that there's there's obviously a lot of things that go into the funnel, right, that, that you have to kind of uh, figure out what's most important. But as you're going through that process um, and you and you think about the, you know, ultimately the, the kind of one to three 
main factors from a decision-making standpoint um, that to your point, they're going to be different for everyone. Um, but you also have to do your research too, right? Like there's, there's, it's not just the, you know, cause these things evolve, right. Um, you know, what, what your decision-making filter is at 25, uh, is going to be different than 30 than different than 35, like mm-hmm. you mentioned and, and so on, right. Throughout their life. Um, you got to do your research on yourself, right. You got to do some of that self-reflection, yep. Not only are you doing research on the client, right, and the potential potential fit from a job perspective, you know, you're doing research on whomever else is in the picture, but you got to do research on yourself. Uh, and I think sometimes people forget that from a, a self-reflection standpoint. What are some of the things that, you know, you mentioned the career consultant piece, right? What are some of the things that you tell uh, some of your clients or, or the people that you're building relationships with across the board of, from a, from a reflection standpoint. Yeah. It, it's a good kind of, you know, check and balance like you're talking about Jake. And I think that's because the reality is right. If we get a, if we get a search again, just playing this out, right. We're going to call, you know, 50, 7,500 people, whatever the number is. Right. Um, and the, mm-hmm. the, again, they're going to be in the spectrum. A lot of them are passive candidates, right. Maybe some of them are active because, They've been in an unfortunate circumstance, you know, they've been furloughed or laid off, whatever it might be. Regardless, right, it's, okay, does this work within the confines of your life, right? There may be some VP job in, you know, Massachusetts or Minnesota, wherever it is, right, it doesn't really matter. You know, it could be a great job, and the person on the other end of the phone we're talking to acknowledges that, but that doesn't mean it's the right job at the right time. Right. Maybe they've got kids mm-hmm. in school. Right. Maybe they got a senior in high school. that They just can't move. Or, you know, again, as, as people grow older, they you know, they have family and significant others and, and they have kids and get married and all that stuff. And, and that, again, they've got equity in the decision. Um, there's nothing that's within the vacuum. And I think we, we, we try to understand people's personal situation and we enjoy that. You know, we're not asking to be best friends with people. I think that happens just given it's a relationship world. Right. And, and that's why we do this, but we, we like to understand, sure. okay, what's Jake personal Jake, right. With professional Jake and, and those intertwine, Right. But they are different mm-hmm. too. And, you know, just because, I mean, we tell people all the time or they tell us, Hey man, if, if you know, if this was just me, I mean, I'd be there. Right. But it's like my wife's from here and we've got a great situation. And so, so things become more complicated Right. And that's that's what we're mindful of. Right. And if that's not the right timing, that's okay, Right. There's going to be other opportunities and it's all a mechanism of timing. And we joke with people, our our timing's often bad. Um, We wish it was better. And when when it's great, you know, it's 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 awesome if we're presenting a really interesting career opportunity for somebody at the right time. But, you know, it's okay, You know, and I think it's it's at least good to kind of go down that road with people and allow them to listen to what we're working on. Again, the storytelling aspect of it. And, and we allow them to marinate on it, right? And at least if it makes sense to run it up the totem pole or talk to a significant other, great. You know, and at least they're on board with the idea, right? Rather than flying dark, right? Or maybe not being real with themselves. And then they end up being the candidate at the end. And they say, well, we were, you know, realistically, we were never going to, make the move anyway right i mean that that's not a good look for anybody so like like you said i think the checks and balances of being honest with yourself and and we we advise people to to do that 
right? And that's allowing them to go through, again, their own decision-making process with what's important to them. Um, and sometimes it takes, you know, an interview or two to figure that out, right? Or maybe, you know, they fly into a market and they're really not going to know for sure until they get there, right? And do kind of the scouting mission. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big part of it too. And that's, you know, sometimes those trips go really well. Oftentimes they do. Other times it's like, man, you know, we we thought it was a place that was different than it was, you know, and it's like, hey, we, we're not sure. So again, it's the human element of it, right? That can't be ignored, you know, by us, by the person on the other end. Again, it could be easy to just jump in, right? And, and be excited about something. And we're not going to, you know, get in the way of somebody doing that, but let's, let's do it under the right circumstances. Well, and, and when the timing's bad, like you mentioned, there's an appropriate response, right? And, and it's, and it's one of those in which look, whether you, you mentioned it could be a friend, it could be a colleague, it could be a recruiter who brings a job to you. Um, to your point, there is bad timing and timing is everything in a, in a lot of respects. And so what is that appropriate response back to say friend, colleague, recruiter of, Hey, it's just not the right time. or yeah. It's not yeah. the right fit. Or let's say, let's say it's a friend from another organization and you realize that man, that culture is just not mm-hmm. for me. Well, you don't want to offend your sure. friend, right? Who's in that organization. So what are yeah. some of the, the balancing acts that you suggest? Yeah, there? It, that's a great question. I think when, again, I'll put, I'll just play it out from my seat. When we do get a no, right? We just want to know why. Okay. Why, why isn't it the right timing? Why isn't it the right job? Because ultimately that's just, we're, we're not going to like combat somebody, right? Or tell them, Hey, you're, you're wrong, right? You should interview for this, but <laughs> it's, it, it helps right. us understand, again, what's important to them uh, moving forward, right? It's like, okay, hey, this, this it was the market, right? Or, hey, I, you know, maybe they've heard something about the organization or whatever. And again, that gets into, does the person have the right information? And if they say something like that, we often say, well, can you elaborate, right? And maybe mm-hmm. they don't. Maybe their perception isn't accurate. And we'll just, you know, in our professional way say, well, listen for a minute, here's, here's what's going on, right? I think you might want to take a second look at this. Here's why. Again, and if they come back and it's still a no, then it's a no. But at least they made an informed decision based on reality and not perception. So I think, again, right. if it is a no and, you know, it's a, you know, whether it's a friend or a colleague, a recruiter is probably going to dig a little bit more on that maybe than other people, just because they, again, the, the relationship is what matters for us moving forward. And we just want to understand the why mm-hmm. then I, we'll ask them if they don't already tell us so just, okay, then let's make sure we note that, you know, moving forward. Um, so that, um, the next time we call, right. We we're keeping that in mind. Um, because again, we're just, we're, we're, our role is to be helpful to them. And it's kind of like, you know, help, help us help you. Right. Type of thing. So I think, yeah, yeah it's, again, absolutely. there's no one size fits all, but I think when people can articulate just their situation um, as to, again, why, and even if they are interested, right. Like we're going to go through the same process, right. Like why does this line up or why is it interesting? Right. Cause any, any prospective client or employer is going to want to know that too. Right. So I think whether it's sure. a yes or no, right. It's going through that process and hearing from somebody kind of having them verbalize what's going on in their head, which is a recruiter, the human psychology element of what we do of trying to crawl inside there, that, that, that's, that's a day-to-day part of the job that, that what's makes it so fun with everybody, which again is unique for every individual. 
Yeah, no doubt. And as we kind of wrap up the episode, I want to I want to turn uh, the conversation to the turnover aspect of the industry. And and look, there's turnover in every industry, yeah. right? Don't get me wrong. But um, when we were talking about certain roles, right? And you talk you talk about the research. You might find out from a colleague, from a friend, and maybe there was some maybe the maybe the roles open because someone left six months ago or three months ago, and they were only there for a short period of time, right? For that three or six yeah. months, or maybe there's been you know, a, a turnover of one year for the last four years, right? And they've had four new people in four years. And as you do your research, right? And sometimes those aren't easy things to find out, but it, the right people will tell you the right things. Um, as, as you find those things out, what are some of the questions you ask as opposed to just going, oh, well, I don't want to be another, I don't want to be the fifth sure. person to be in that role for a year, right? And then turn over. Yeah. So how do you approach turnover, not only as the, the, the job seeker um, or, or the, or the industry professional, but then also the organization, right? If you're on the other side and you've had four people go in and out, in and out, in and out. um, I mean, you got to change up something, right. As you, as you work with those to to hire the next person. Sure. And I think that that's a great question again, Jake, you got a lot of good ones. Um, I I think (laughs) let's be honest, right. Not every organization is created equal. You know, I mean, what the what the Warriors have done in the NBA, per se, I mean, that is just a once in a lifetime deal. Right. I mean, there's there's a lot of point being, there's a lot of organizations that face can face significant headwinds. Right. And you talked about it. It's like, hey, if if there's a revolving door in a job um, that that can be an image issue. Right. And if you know, and for us, right, if we if we onboard that client, right, we, we want to know, okay, like what's, what's changing now. Right. And I think the beauty of that, right. If there has been kind of a, if an organization has been in a rut for whatever reason, or, you know, maybe they do have an image issue. It, I think we all know that it, it can, it's maybe not a function of just one person, but that can change pretty drastically when you get the right person, in the right seat, you know, it's a new president, it's a new CRO, it's whomever. Right. And there's a lot of organizations that have, you know, turned around quote unquote. So I think to be a part of that, you know, not everyone's going to associate with that, right. Saying, Hey, we're, we're behind, we're behind the eight ball compared to our peers in a pretty big way. We've got a lot to do. We need somebody to really come in and move the needle and and be the guy, right? And hire a team that's going to go out and accomplish these objectives. I think again, a, or, 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 or gal. gal, yeah, thank or gal. you, guy or gal, yep, yep. Um, whomever it is. And a lot of people, I think, are are going to resonate with that, right? Of saying, "Wow, like that that's a unique career opportunity, right? Where I can really go in and impart change, you know, and and use my voice." So you're right, Jake. You know whether. Um, you know, if there has been turnover, you have to take note of that. We do like when we see a pattern of that, right. It's probably not like a mass exodus, right. But if it's a person here, there, and another one, you know, down the road, it's like, you know, huh, we, we, we wonder why, right. And, and typically that might be a reflection of, of culture, you know, maybe not being sound, but again, that doesn't mean that's their identity forever. Right. So I think that's where, again, making sure you have the right information, um, to really conclude, okay, like this is what I've heard, but this organization's turning over a new leaf. This is a new chapter. This is interesting now. 
if it's just the same old, same old, right? Yeah, you're probably going to say, well, hey, no thanks. And that organization is going to have a hard time finding the right talent, right? But again, changes mm-hmm. are being made and they're going to live them. You know, that's probably something that, you know, he or she's going to want to listen to. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and you, you just mentioned change. And that this brings me to my last question is, you know, there's obviously uncertainty and, and but with, with change, there's always opportunity. Um, so as you think about some of the opportunities and the trends mm-hmm. and, and just how things potentially could shake out uh, on the other side, like you mentioned, um, what are some of the opportunities that are going to grow from this where there are people who are trying to get their foot in the door or um, do something different in the industry where there, there's going to be opportunities to take advantage of? Yeah, it's a great question. I think there's kind of a short term and, and long term approach to that, right? Um just given what we're going through and when we return to normalcy and what, we, what we've seen in the past couple of years, right? I think long-term, right? Something that's really apparent, you know, this diversity and inclusion, um, you know, mantra that every organization is trying to live, you know, that's not just a box you can check, right? Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, people, I, I, I would hope everyone would want to work for an organization where diversity and inclusion is a part of life, right? An imperative to their business, that provides a more holistic viewpoint to their fans, clients, partners, whomever, you know, progressive thinking. Um, I think um, they're out of this, right? You think about, I think about like business intelligence leading up to now, you know, and how much that's grown and evolved within an organization of like living in data and what data can do for, for a business. Mm-hmm. I mean, that certainly seems to be a department um, that is being built out across the, the sports landscape. I mean, I've, I've heard it a few times. I think a lot of people have as a function of the pandemic. Are we going to have like more health centric uh, people that are attached to these venues, you know, that are tasked with making sure that the experience is safe um, for people? Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading an article Right. Not only, not only security, right. right? right. Like, but, 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 but safe exactly. and healthy. Um, you know, and we don't know what that's yeah. going to look like, right. Or how, how this is going to sure. change. I was reading an article today in the sports business journal about how technology uh, companies and sports, you know, they're, they're clearly evolving and there's new technology all the time, but how does some of that replace or provide a fan experience now for those that have paranoia about getting back into a, a building with tens of thousands of people? Because that that is going to exist, so I think there's there's a number of opportunities that are going to come from this, and it's going to be interesting how you know front offices aren't going to shift you know drastically, right? You're still going to have partnerships and ticket sales, community relations, marketing, but I think there is going to be an influx of new needs um, as a function of of the pandemic, and again, just in general with how the industry was going, right? Diversity and inclusion is one mm-hmm. one big thing about that. Um, that, that we've seen has been more top of mind for organizations. So um, that, that, that's what I'd kind of lean on, right? And I think there, um, that there is going to be a lot of opportunity um, coming out of this. I think it's just, it, it's tough right now with all the uncertainty, but it's, it's been fun and, and um, interesting just talking to people around the industry, hearing how they're managing it and making the most of it. And we're all in it together. So I guess that's, that's one thing we can take comfort in. No, that's thanks for thanks for shedding some light on that, and and I know you're you're tracking that closely uh, as you as you're living it day by day. Now, um, 
All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Best interview question. Best interview question. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> there's there's a lot of bad ones, I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, and that's something that um, – you're now, Claire, best interview question as a candidate that you can ask a, a client or vice versa or or what? Well, hey, see, you're thinking the right way, and you're asking the question back to me now, so – um yes both both from the candidate and then also from the organization too. well yeah i'll kind of maybe take a cop at if i'm a candidate right again there's there's great questions for first interview second interview last interview that changes and evolves right i think again remember what's important to you and and build your questioning based off that right um and, and to be able to move forward in a process, I think people have to check certain uh, boxes, right? Again, whether that's, Hey, I need to understand more about the culture or, you know, how this, what are the goals for the department in two or three years? Or, you know, how, how am I going to be supported? What are going to be my resources? Right. Again, I don't think there's one, um, you know, specific question. I think for, for, for clients down to, you know, a, a candidate, it, it can be tough to articulate our, our thoughts at times, right? I think a, a tough question for some people they get asked is like, you know, hey, why are we talking, right? Like, why, why are you interested in this job? I think that can sometimes be hard to articulate for people, right? And again, that goes back to um, putting your thoughts out there or your decision-making process out on the table, right? And really what, what you value um as as a professional and what what are your career aspirations and goals i don't know if i really answered your question there jake and maybe maybe I'm, no no that was maybe that was, I'm a, that was a great answer it, but, see, um, see i thought you were gonna i thought you were gonna say what's what if you were an animal oh, what would you be gosh. you know i thought you were gonna come up with I, something I, like you know that. it's funny people have some interesting questions right <laughs> like the stranded island thing and hey if you were on a boat and it's taken on water what you know what do you do right and those, again, I, I appreciate those questions because you understand how people think, right? But um, yeah, I think there's, again, there's, there's a lot of really good interview questions, right? And everyone's got their own philosophy on, on, on interviewing. So it, it, it's, it's interesting for us where I think every, every client um, interviews in a little bit different way. I mean, there's a lot of commonalities, but it's always interesting to hear how people... Sure you know, go about that process, whether it's really structured or they're more off the cuff or if it's something in between. So, sorry, I kind of, I kind of avoided your question. No, no. Well, you you can't avoid it though. What, what, if you were an animal, what would you be? I was an animal. What would I be? Oh yeah. What's my spirit animal, huh? Um, Yeah. What's yours while I'm thinking, I'm going to pin it back on you. I'd, I'd, I'd go with With the the monkey. monkey. Super agile. Agile. Mobile, agile. Yep. I would say, man, you know, I haven't been asked that in a long time. Um, I would say I'm on, I'm on, I'm like, I feel like I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the, I'm on the clock here a little bit. I, you know, I'm, I'm, my, my mind swap. went to Tiger for a minute just because I was, you know, Tiger King on Netflix, right? But that's probably <laughs> that's, uh, that's appropriate for this. But episode. yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I, let's go with with Tiger for now. I, I'm going to reserve my my right to to change that just because I you, <laughs> you you did stump the Schwab, but I wasn't prepared for that one. Awesome, awesome. Well, Tyler, thanks thanks for your time. Appreciate the uh, advice and insights, and certainly look on 
Look forward to having you. Yeah, I look forward to it, Jake. I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time and, and uh, you stay safe and